0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of two huge Europa League games for Scottish sides. Giovanni Van Bronker says there will be changes for his first game in charge. Ange Postacoglu won't consider a conservative approach to Celtic's clash with Bayer Leverkusen. And Scotland international John Fleck is out of hospital after collapsing on the pitch. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Simon Donnelly and Andy Halliday. Andy, these big midweeks just keep getting bigger. Yep, exactly and, and Hibs have not played a, a league game for over 25 days now And Ross County Hibs kick us off tonight with some some domestic football on both teams Much needed for a win And then some all night with the old firm Exactly the same If they've got any chance of advancing to the next stage It's three points needed I feel like Wednesday night's the place to be Anytime you guys are in Either the manager's about to go <laughs> Or he has gone Or the new guy's getting appointed Or he's on the eve of his first game in charge Simon, it's all happening it's good for us in terms of something to talk about. Uh, yeah, big big week again for, for Rangers and Celtic. I'm just looking at the tables here just now. Obviously, Rangers at home uh, beat Sparta Prague, and that should be you know a good uh, leap forward for them to qualify. Celtic, it's a wee bit more difficult. You know, the job in Germany is going to be difficult. A strong Leverkusen team, and you're relying on the other game as well going your way. 01419511025 That is the number you need to get in touch tonight So do not hang about Pick up the phone And let Simon Donnelly and Andy Halliday Know what is on your mind Especially on the eve of those big games Bayer Leverkusen Celtic 5.45 tomorrow Celtic fans what are you thinking? Can you do the unthinkable? It would be a huge upset Leverkusen have been outstanding Give us all your thoughts on that And Rangers fans Sparta Prague tomorrow Giovanni Van Bronckhurst's first game in charge he says there will be changes. So what changes? What do you make of that? Does that mean drastic personnel changes? Does it mean tactical shift? Does it mean something uh, a bit smaller? Who would you expect to see come into the team if that's the way you see it? Do you expect proper personnel changes? Suggest what you think those changes should be. 01419511025 Four and a half minutes past six And I've still not even mentioned Hearts defeat at Fir Park oh. In the weekend as well <laughs> How nice am I Honestly I thought I'd wait I thought I'd let you bed mm. in Get your feet under the table I was actually hoping We were just going to forget about it And move on to the news Coming this week But yeah It was a very very disappointing result Not only for, for my Hearts team Slipping down the league But uh, the Clyde one derby mm. in it So We can elaborate a bit more I don't think you're getting away with that We've got until eight o'clock to, to touch on it a bit more So 0141 951 Let's hear from as many of you as possible ahead of tomorrow's games. Like we said, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, first game in charge for Rangers. He says there will be changes. What will those changes be? Now's the time to pick up the phone and let us know. 01419511025. Some interesting stuff to come from Ange Postacoglu as well, Celtic fan. So let's hear from you on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, Rangers' new manager says he can't wait for his Ibrox return tomorrow. However, he says he'll be able to separate the emotion of the occasion from the job in hand. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, you know the first game back in the stadium. You know, of course, it will bring many memories uh, of my time uh, when I was a player. You know, very very good memories. You know, so it's, I, I can't wait to feel the atmosphere again in in the stadium. But you know, I I'm old enough to uh, separate my emotions into the focus I need to. Uh, 
to perform uh, with the team. So, uh, you know, beforehand it will be quite a uh, mixed feelings, but, you know, once the whistle goes uh, from the referee, you know, I will be fully focused on my task and to, that's to guide my team into, into victory. First and foremost Andy that, That's significant in itself It's his first game Chance to, to go out there I'm sure it's a big occasion for him Big occasion for the fans And uh, the official start of the Van Bronckhurst era I'm sure he's going to get a rousing reception Not only because it's a new manager And it's to be expected But obviously being a previous player Already got some <coughs> great memories at iBooks And a relationship with the fans But I mean what a start he's got He's got a, a huge task ahead of him tomorrow night Obviously off the back of What was a very very disappointing weekend But at, at, at the same frame that I'm expecting a reaction, not only because it's a new manager, but after that result at the weekend. So sometimes, you know, these big games can, can come at bad and, and good times. And I think this can be a good time, so I'm expecting a real, real, real reaction to what I've seen on Sunday. Well, let's go to the phones, 01419511025. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst also saying there will be changes uh, to the Rangers team, whether that's personnel or formation or something else. You can decide, Andy. Is first through tonight What do you think Andy Are you expecting to see Different players come in Or how do you see it panning out What would you do Hi hi guys How you doing Hi I'm just saying about this I said First of all when you, It's obvious When you get the defence sorted To, to help out Alan McGregor so I think he's looking Most a bit of confidence Which I don't really blame him Because after last season How tight we were But uh, I would honestly See half time On Sunday I had a trip, uh, Captain or captain and Guy Patterson again because how's that what's that boy going to do? He gets some game time. You know what I mean? Really? I mean I can't I know he's a captain, but if he's having a stinker, you've got a young boy there who's brilliant, get the boy on and give him some time. But def- and I'm definitely missing a lander, I think, because when he can read a game so good, quicker he gets back the better. The thing about that, Andy, Giovanni Van Bronkers go in couple of ga- couple of days at training, Jinky goes straight in, drops his captain for a, a game like this. I don't think he does uh, But you know, Talking about reaction I think he's going to want A reaction from a number of players James Tavenier included uh, I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Touched on at his pre- uh, Press conference That you, know, you can't defend The way Rangers did on Sunday In Europe So you know, uh, Maybe a little tweak on that That change that he's talking about Has been a little bit more Defensively solid Going into the game Because one thing that you You've got to say about Spartan The reverse fixture over there Is that's what they were They were a very very resolute side On the night Dominated the game But defensively Never really looked as if They were going to leak any chances but going into the game, he's talking about changes. It's you know, you're speculating, but you look at his final side, it was four three three, similar shape to what Rangers play, but very much with width, uh, inverted wingers. So looking at the changes tomorrow night, I think they've already got that naturally with Ryan Kent on the left hand side if that's what they go with. On the right hand side, I don't really see you know who's going to be the person that sort of fits that bill. I don't really think it's it's as suited to Joe Arebo with a, a right winger as such, and then looking at that, if that's the way they play, what does that do at the fullbacks? We see a very, very productive return with the fullbacks because they're the ones that are high and wide supplying the crosses into the box. But that being said, I think we'll get a real gauge for it tomorrow night when we see the team sheet and how they set up. I mean, Andy, I know a lot of Rangers fans want to see Nathan Patterson play more, and, and it's understandable. But do you, do you think that the new manager benches his captain for a, a game like this for his first match? No, I'm not saying they bench him, but I'm just saying, Peter Boy, I mean, what? Again, as I said on Sunday, he could have had, he could have 45 minutes, you know, playing time. But really, I don't think he will do that. He'll definitely not do that. I have a big. The boy, we, we can't even afford to lose him. He's too good a player. We need him for the future. So, you've got to give the boy some time to play, to get him playing, you know what I mean? I think he may go with Bass as well, but the Barrises, no more. What can you do, Simon, when you've had so little time? In charge and What will it be Three Two training sessions Maybe something like that People 
might want to see changes and lots of them. Is that realistically going to happen? I think it's difficult. I think two days in the door and you've got such a big game uh, in Europe. I think you'll be looking for a, an attitude, and as Andy touched on, you'll be looking for a, a reaction from Sunday uh, to go out in a, a major semi final. And again, surprising and probably frustrating from a Rangers perspective losing so many early goals of late. You can't keep doing that. You know, and Hibs get an early goal at the weekend again, put them to the sword in the first 45 mm. minutes. So Rangers can't really afford to keep doing that. that. They need to get that right, uh, whether that's a concentration thing, mentality thing, attitude thing. Time will tell. But yeah, I think it will take Gio, you know, time. Uh, he's going to take the next few weeks to get to know the boys, uh, put his ideas across, and that doesn't happen overnight. But I, I think the game takes care of itself uh, in terms of it's at Ibrox. It's a big one if they go and win it. He's back, you know, I think that'll lift the crowd And it's, it's down to the players now to show an attitude I thought you'd get a reaction in the, the game at the weekend When I'm sitting in the stand mm. uh, And obviously they got off to the bad start And maybe it's a lack of confidence after that as well But you'd expect a reaction As a Rangers player you need that You know, it's a big game in Europe I mean, for Andy and the other Rangers fans listening Andy, in the studio um, Tonight doesn't feel like it should All because of Sunday, really You know, that this should be Exciting And I'm not saying that it's not I'm not saying all the excitement's gone But all of a sudden The discussion is about What needs fixed And, and, and what Van Bronckhorst must change Rather than You know Going into it feeling Brilliant about themselves Well You talk about Rangers progressing As a football club Over the last 3-4 years And I think You know Unanimously the, the You know the, the What everyone And all the fans were thinking was You've won the league Try and retain it And add a, add a cup to your belt you know, you look at it now. That's I think it's two wins in the last twelve in League Cup and Scottish Cup uh, games at hand. And so, they're, they're, I mean, their domestic cup record over the last few years has been hugely disappointing. So, going into that game at the weekend, you're expecting Rangers to obviously do the job on a Hibs team that hadn't played for I think it was three weeks, three and a half weeks, three yeah. and a half weeks. So, you were expecting Rangers to start fast, you know, come out the blocks quickly. That's six games in a row, Gordon. That Rangers went one 0 down. They're just giving themselves mountains to climb every single game. And I actually thought, you know. Uh, you know, listen, I agree with Simon. I was expecting a big reaction within the game, but I actually felt Rangers' best period of the game was probably the first 20 minutes. But it sums up the way they're sort of defending just now that it's three shots in goal, three shots in targets, and three goals. And that, in that period, I thought was was arguably Rangers' best in the game. They were 2 0 down. Uh, thank you to Andy 01419511025. We are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Let's hear a bit more from uh, the manager. He says the players have looked fresh and sharp in training and they're fully focused on getting the right result. I think they're ready. Of course, it's uh, you know a new start for them as well. With uh, with me coming in as uh, as the new manager, so uh, of course disappointed on the result in the weekend. But you know um, all we do is look positive to the game we play tomorrow. You know the, they worked hard. They looked very fresh and sharp, and that's what we need tomorrow. So uh, I think we uh, we are well well prepared for the game uh, which comes tomorrow. And uh, you know, we go for uh, for a good good result at home because we want to uh, still be in Europe after uh, Christmas. So that's our uh, main uh, objective tomorrow. Ian is also a Rangers fan from the city centre. Uh, what changes do you think you will see, Ian? What changes would you like to see? Well, I think for uh, Tav's sake, I mean, I'm not a, a Tav basher or nothing. I think the guy he's done brilliant, but. I think he, 
and it needs to be take, take out the firing line and uh, I think it would do him the world of good actually and I think it would it would do young Patterson the world of good to get a bit of game time as well because um, I think Tav's severely lacking in confidence just now um, and I think with everybody getting on his back uh, it's not helping him so I think he's you should maybe take him out and I know it's a big game and it's a big ask but I think it would do him the world of good and would only only do him well in the long run Andy um, I don't see it Ian to be comp- uh, completely honest with you I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst confirmed in his, his press conference that he'll remain as captain which I think everybody was expecting anyway but I just don't think he'll make that big a statement that big a change after uh, his first game in charge regarding the, the game on Sunday that being said James Tavery will know himself that he's got a very, very promising fullback in, in Nathan Partson breathing down his neck every time he gets a jersey. That being said, I think he's only had the jersey in league campaign for 40, 43 minutes, 41 minutes, something incredible like that, which I will say I don't think is anywhere enough because uh, you know, at the start of the season I always felt that Nathan Partson was going to get a lot more game time when the rotation comes and I think Rangers have made that sort of rotation in a number of games. The reason I don't think he's played as many so far is nothing to do with him. I just think there's been that many games where... Rangers seem to be limping over the line or, or not being at the most convincing that I think they're always going with the more experienced players in games that they trust in these uh, type of games but that being said I do think that you know the captain's uh, the captain's performances have to improve because I do think that Nathan Partson will be breathing down his neck It seems to be the main suggestion <clears throat> Simon or one of them is that because James Tavernier is struggling more than anyone else or is it because Nathan Patterson is the best backup that Rangers have do you see what I mean is the, the argument could, sque- could, skewed a little could, bit could could he find another position in the, the team for Patterson? He's quite an attacking player, Andy. Do you think he could play further forward? It's it's difficult. I I think both of them are pretty similar in terms of I think Nathan Patterson especially, I, I sort of compare him to a sort of Alan Hutton type where a lot of his good work is driving for deep when he's yep. got space in front of him, opening his legs up, showing his athleticism. I think Tav's a little bit different because although he can do that side of the game a lot of it's cross balls from the wider area so I think there's been a lot of sort of discussion over the last two or three years can James Tavernier play further forward and part of the front three I think what would be maybe a little bit more suited in my opinion if they ever played in the same team would be a three at the back because yeah. I do think that's an area of the pitch that when you see with Scotland with Kieran Tierney on the left hand side that you know they, they've got that freedom to sort of bomb forward and join the forward, attack yeah. and, and, and sort of <clears throat> Slot back into a back four So that's the only way I see them playing in the same team Whether that's the changes That, that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst I mean that, would, that wouldn't fit surprised. in With what he yeah. His philosophy would it Exactly I, spoke I about just think good, good footballers And I think Patterson Falls into that bracket I think at the moment He's maybe Fallen Short Because of It's the captain That mm-hmm. has got the position Ahead of him uh, I think it would be a big a big shout and I suppose he's got to make these decisions Van Bronckhorst as he moves forward but it'll be a big win tomorrow to leave yeah. your, your captain out in the, um, his first game I think the big thing for me is as well as we talk about you know, how productive the, the Rangers fullbacks have been over the last sort of two or three uh, years for James Tavernier's season this season not being as consistent as certainly as it was last year his numbers are still pretty good now Nathan Patterson again has not really had the chances that, that, that James Tavernier's had to see if he can replicate mm-hmm. them but you're taking a large chunk of goals and assists out the team if James yeah. Tavenier doesn't play. Uh, Ian, is there anyone else? Because I've been surprised, you know, or had my eyes opened in the last couple of nights. Guys that the Rangers fans love are now coming in for a bit of criticism. I'm hearing Alan McGregor, I'm hearing Stephen Davis and Tavenier and Goldson and all the rest of it. Is there anyone else that, that the manager might look to or should look to give a spell out of the team? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would like to see uh, Bakuna 
getting a chance. Um, because I think he's got something different to bring to the table. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure who I would take out to get him in. That may, may reshuffle the pack a wee bit, but I would really like to see this guy. I think he's got something to offer. Um, I, I think he could be an ideal guy to have one the park in a situation like tomorrow night um, where Rangers need to win. I think he could conjure up what, maybe a goal or two or maybe even get one himself. Is it the case when a, when a manager goes into a team that, you know, if you've got two training sessions, genuinely take your chance, outperform the other guys in your position in those two training sessions no. and you play? No. no. I don't think so in two training sessions, no. I do believe that with a new manager comes a clean slate and I think every every player will be given their chance to impress over the you know, the upcoming training uh, training sessions, any sort of bounce game behind closed doors that you get. But I think in two days, uh, I don't think that will be changes they'll make. You know, not only, I, I think, Bakuna, for example, I don't think he would even be... I can't even imagine he'd be that match fit. I, don't, I think you don't think he's played any more than 60 minutes in a Rangers jersey and sort of... Eight weeks that he's been there. That being says, I think he, I think he impressed last time out. I think it was against Ross County. But uh, although I do think it'll be a clean slate for a lot of players, I don't expect to see wholesale changes tomorrow night. Uh, let's take one more before the travel. Charlie is on. It doesn't need to be people coming in and, and going out of the team. Charlie, maybe there's players in the team that you think the manager will ask to do a different job. What do you think? Well, my opinion is um, you'll see the real Morelos tomorrow night because. He'll tell that man to get up near the box and stay up there. Instead of running about, kicking the ball, or the shop, other people can do that job. Get him up in the box. That's what I would say. And me, Sakala, that wee guy loves football. He runs through a brick wall and he loves playing for Rangers and I don't understand how he didn't go on. I was shooting ball for him to come on, but it wouldn't matter anyway because the rest of them weren't playing anyway at the end of the day. But uh, they two, I would start with they two for certain, and I think Morelos will bring his reputation back tomorrow night. Watch this space, I'll tell you, that's what he'll do tomorrow night. You, you may well be right, but I'm just wondering so do you think Morelos' lack of form, or call it what you want, that, that's down to the manager asking him to do a specific job rather than him? Does he not take some responsibility for it? Well, he we could take some responsibility, but he can only do what he's tell. The thing is, uh, I can't understand the role Morelis has been playing for I don't know how long uh, uh, you shouting about you don't know you see when you're sitting watching you say where's Morelis where is he you know what I mean he, he's, n- he's never up in the box he's, he's parting about in the middle of the park kicking the ball here there and everywhere and see that tippy tappy football at the back and all two goals up they, are, two, they were two goals up and we're at the back kicking the ball to one another that ghosting uh, him hand the boy at the other one him at the back I'm saying wait a minute you'll get 90 minutes no 90 days Andy what do you think Morelos I see this a lot people say no no he's, he's been asked to do a different job and he's not getting the service but then other people are saying well he needs he needs to do more let's well I think there's an argument for both and uh, first and foremost I'll say that Morelos played the exact same similar role last year when Rangers went unbeaten and I think his goals suffered but a lot of people and a lot of Rangers fans were saying that they praised his all-round game, his link-up was improving, uh, they thought it was a, to a benefit of the team with his new role within the team. Now, although I do believe a lot of that was true, because I think his link-up did improve last year, I do think that it allowed Ryan Kent, Yanis Hadji to run in behind more and sort of stretch the game, but I do feel as if one of his biggest strengths is his athleticism, his strength, he likes to be close to defenders, he likes to feel that physical contact when the ball comes into him, he's sort of pinning his role when he's spinning, uh, centre half down the line where I feel as if that's more prom- prominent than others is actually in Europe 
I think he likes a, a fight. I, like, I think he likes to show his physical pre- uh, presence and try and dominate this European centre half. So I do see Alfredo Morelos' role changing within the squad slightly differently. Mm. Uh, but I do think he has to take a lot of onus himself. I don't think that he's like a number of players, don't get me wrong, that I, I don't think he's at his, uh, he's been at his best. So maybe a change in role with the new manager will, will help, I was gonna will say, help it, him. Is his form such that he's still guaranteed to play games like this? Again, I I don't think that uh, I don't think there'll be wholesale changes. I really don't, and I think you'll look at a lot of players that have been key players for Rangers over the last sort of eighteen months or so. And Alfredo Morelos has no doubt been one of them. And I think he'll stick with them, try and let them ride out the form. I've played with a lot of managers that always say you can't change a winning team, but I've also played with a lot of managers. If you go over a really really poor defeat, they'll actually play the same eleven and say show me a reaction. So it'll be interesting mm. to see what Van Bronckhorst goes with tomorrow. Thank you, Charlie. Some interesting stuff from Ange Postacoglu. We're going to let you hear that next. So Celtic fans, why not pick up the phone? 0141 951 1025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Simon Donnelly are here. You can get involved on 0141 951 1025 or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Let's get the latest from over in Germany ahead of Celtic's game tomorrow. Europa League coverage with ScrapacarScotland.com. Head online to get an instant valuation of your old car. Andrew McLean, our reporter, is out and about on his travels. He's over there in Germany, arrived safe and sound. I assume, Andrew, I'm looking forward to a big game tomorrow. Yes, hello, getting those air miles in once again. I'm actually staying in Cologne rather than Leverkusen and it seems as if a lot of the fans travelling over here are doing the same because Cologne and Dusseldorf are two of the bigger cities that border Leverkusen. People tend to come and stay here because there's more to do around these parts, although Leverkusen, of course, have the much better football team out of the three. But I was having a wander about today in the freezing cold, by the way. It's, it's not warm here at all. I came across plenty of supporters who have made the journey over uh, with more set to make the trip ahead of the game tomorrow. Around 1,500, I think, getting into the ground, but arriving in Germany nice and early to sample the culture. Of course, by culture, I mean beer, but plenty of, of nice things to do here as well. A big cathedral in the city centre, so maybe some sightseeing to be done as well before the game tomorrow. Um, Ange Postacoglu certainly has all his focus on the game. I was in his pre-match press conference earlier on today, and despite going down 4-0 to Leverkusen in the home game, Postacoglu said they'd learn nothing from trying to be conservative tomorrow. Night and he'll, he'll encourage his players to be bold. Only if we go out there and, and play our football, mate. You know, like I said, you, you, you can learn absolutely nothing if you go out there and shy away from it. You know, we can go out there and, and sort of be conservative and try and hold on and, and try and survive, and I think you learn nothing. All you learn is that really, you, you you're inferior and and you, you you don't believe you can be any better. Um, the only way we'll learn something tomorrow night is if we go out there and take the game to them. That's when we'll learn. And that may be a, a painful lesson for us all, but uh, ultimately it's a better way to find out. It may not be. It may be something that shows that you're making a hell of a lot of progress. I'd rather go, and out, go out there tomorrow and, and, and find out about ourselves and, like I said, just go out there and try and survive. It's just not the way you, you develop or grow as a person, as a team. Um, if we want to get to these levels, uh, we've got to use these games as a as a – as a measuring stick and only one way to get measured is that to go out there and put yourself out there I feel like we I said this weeks ago we need to stop being surprised by this it can't be that every time Celtic play a big game people go oh he says he's going to attack I can't believe it you know Celtic should go more defensive it's clearly not going to happen this is a guy who wants to 
believe in his philosophy and try and win a football match. He's obviously of the view that, yeah, if he wants to try and suddenly stick men behind the ball, it would be a system that he's not worked on and it might not pay off anyway, Simon, and he might lose <laughs> lose the game and, and then where do you go from there? I love it. I love his approach. I love listening to that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, they, they, they took a, a heavy defeat at home to Leverkusen. The first 20, 25 minutes of that game started really well. Celtic had chances in the game. Ultimately, individual errors put them in it half-time, 2-0 down. But you look at the, the games away from home against uh, Betis, where they're 2-0 up, could have been 3-0 up. Now, everybody makes points about the defence, and yeah, it's work, work in progress. They've actually been doing all right in the, in the defensive stakes uh, at home. They have to, obviously, learn in Europe. But I love his attitude. I love his attitude. Yes, they'll go there. It'll be a difficult night. They'll have to defend... Not because they set out to defend, but because Leverkusen are a strong team. But he's got pace and talent there to go and possibly hurt them as well. And he's not going to change his approach. Now let's speak to Ken, who's a Celtic fan. It looks like a big task. Uh, Ken, are you feeling optimistic Celtic can do something? I'm always optimistic, Gordon. I'm always optimistic. Good. But I'd, uh, I'd like to tell Simon up something he said earlier. Oh. He said that <clears throat> Celtic and Rangers... Both need the three points tomorrow night. But Celtic are already guaranteed European football, all right, it's a conference league. Right, but Rangers aren't at that point yet, I don't think. Also, if I remember right, if we manage to get a draw against Bayer Leverkusen and beat Betis, then we go second and we'll be through. Right? And as you said earlier on, Gordon, Leverkusen, sorry, I'm a bit of breath, I'm just running from the car. <laughs> But Denmark were running away with the World Cup group, so they can use that as inspiration that Scotland overcame the odds against Denmark. Why can't Celtic overcome the odds against Bayer Leverkusen? Absolutely. I don't think anyone's saying they can't. It's just it's it's a it's a big ask. I think Ange Postacoglu said it was the toughest game he'll have faced as a Celtic manager, so that's where people are coming from. My memory is not that good, Ken, but I don't think I opened up the show by saying both needed three points did I? I, I, I said I think Rangers at home can I'd, get three points and go through I did I did think they that? both need three points yeah I think uh, I said Celtic is going to be tough for Celtic over in Leverkusen the more difficult out of the two ties and I, th- and I also said that Betis and Ferenc Varos you have to rely on that going well for Celtic tomorrow yeah I mean I, I take Ken's point if Celtic draw tomorrow they go on to seven points if Betis win they would go on to ten you'd then need to Beat Betis convincingly Yeah I, In Glasgow Yeah again Not to I say mean, it's, it's impossible Listen it's all about opinions My opinion is both teams need the three points uh, Ken's right Celtic have guaranteed European football after December But it's certainly not the competition That they, they think that their squad's capable of playing in And, and uh, what their ambition is moving forward And again going into the game tonight It's, it's a big ask of course It's a big ask But uh, mm. I, You know I Again, everyone's got their own opinions. I do feel as if you have to adapt when you play an inferior side, especially in Europe. But I do think it's to be admired the way Ange Postecoglou sees that, you know, to gain the best result for Celtic, that's the way they want to play. But that being said, I don't think they should change it tonight, uh, tomorrow night, because they, in my opinion, they have to win the game. So, uh, yeah, Ken, hang on the line, and Andrew uh, can come back in on that because I think Ange Postecoglou he made no secret of how tough he thinks it's going to be, Andrew. 
Yeah, I mean, when you become the Celtic manager, the big games come thick and fast. You think of it already. Uh, his first old firm game, Real Betis away was a big one. Bayer Leverkusen at home, the Europa League qualifiers, they always come with big pressure as well. But Ange Postacoglu admitting today that when you add in all the elements of tomorrow night, it's the biggest challenge of his short Celtic career so far. Yeah, I guess in the context of... of like the situation, yeah, you're probably right because th- there's consequences in the result. I mean, I don't think, you know, Batiste away or even French Varus away were, were lesser challenges. Um, but, um, you know, for, at both those times, there was sort of different outcomes we were looking at. Um, but um, the level of the opposition, the consequences of the result, being away from home, as you said, it's, it's going to be, you know, I say a good challenge. I mean, you, know, you can you can use other adjectives to describe it, but for us, what's important is we want to go there and and not miss the opportunity to measure ourselves. You know, that's we want to be playing at this level consistently. We want to be qualifying for 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 these tournaments and, and for the knockout stages. We need a result to to keep our chances alive, and that's what we want to do. Um, but I really want us to measure ourselves as as well. We're in a decent form. We're settled as a team. Yeah, we've got a couple of absences injury-wise, but we're feeling good about things. So let's go out there and test ourselves. Are Celtic in a better place, Ken, than they were when they faced Leverkusen at home? Because they actually had good spells in that game. That that shouldn't be forgotten. Uh, But they lost the game 4-0, which shows how good Leverkusen were in attack. They were clinical. Their goalkeeper was very good as well. So at both ends, are you convinced Celtic have come far enough since then? Uh, to then go away uh, to Leverkusen and, and produce something. Oh, he's disappeared. Where is he? We'll get him back. Andy, yeah, you can I pick I up where Ken left. I don't off. think there's any doubt. Uh, you know, they conceded four on the night and agreed Celtic <clears throat> certainly could have scored goals on their own, but I think Leverkusen missed a few chances as well. And for conceding four goals in that 90 minute period, since then Celtic have only conceded six in the last nine in, in all competitions and, and won eight of the last nine. So, of course, they're in a better space. Uh, that being said I do think it's a massive task I think it's the toughest test of Ange Postacoglu's short Celtic career but that being said they've shown enough uh, going forward to, to realise they can certainly pose a threat to Leverkusen Ken I don't know where you dropped off we were talking about Leverkusen winning 4-0 in Glasgow and how much of a, a turnaround do you think Celtic will have to produce in, in the period that's followed since that game to get something tomorrow I think if they keep their, their, uh, the usual attacking uh, sense with the three well I may, I may give Abada a rest and put Forrest on because Abada was a bit absent at the weekend there you know just, but I think that it's just as long as you tied up in defence attacking wise I think they'll be okay you know but if Joe Hart makes some of those horrendous mistakes you know like he took his mind was away somewhere else at the weekend and neither let St Johnson in a couple of times you can't let that happen this week uh, on Thursday night you know what I mean Everyone has to stay concentrated for the full every minute of that game on Thursday night. Concentration is a key point for me. They've got to keep concentrated, they've got to keep at it, and let their heads go down and just hopefully get the result then. Yeah, I mean, Simon, Leverkusen have dropped off slightly, you would say as well, <coughs> since yep. that, that Celtic game. They were they were flying at that point. I think they were second, weren't they? A point yeah, behind. Lost, I think they've lost a couple of games recently. Bayern Munich. Um, I mean, they, they ended up getting hammered off Bayern Munich. No. No uh, shame in that Draws with Cologne Defeats at home Against Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg yeah. But they did beat Betis 4-0 in, in the last Europa League game as well yeah. So Difficult to know for sure They're a good side And well, No doubt it's a difficult game I'm looking at the table There's so Celtic have scored 8 goals In 4 games in Europe Which is pretty decent But they've conceded 10 
So that's where, as Ken says, it's concentration. The game at Celtic Park, you can dissect it whatever way you want. Obviously, 4 0 is a resounding win at the end of the, the 90 minutes. But for periods in the game at the beginning, Celtic were given as good as they got. I think Turnbull it was, I think he slipped in decision, slipped the boy in the next inning. At that level, the old cliche, you get punished. The next one, I think Ralston get caught in it, you get punished. So it's concentration. Uh, but Celtic have shown enough, particularly away from home, that they can go and, and, and damage teams. You know, they've got pace, they've got technique there, they've got a little guy in Kyogo who can get a goal out of nothing. So I give them a lot of hope, but I love the approach from Postacoglu. I love that because I think you could go there tomorrow and put everybody behind the ball and lose a goal in the last minute. It's still a defeat. Why not go and have a go, show what Celtic can do? Uh, Ken makes a good point or, or sets up a nice debate. Does Forrest come in now and start this one? I think so. I think uh, Abad is a young boy. He's come in, he's scored five, six goals for Celtic, done really well. Started his Celtic career really well. But he's 19. Forrest is a season pro. He's got the lift for the goal at the weekend, the important winner. And he'll need game time as well. We talked about Patterson there. I think Forrest needs some game time as well. So I would not be surprised mm. if Forrest replaces him. You've been able to pick that attacking lineup for a few weeks now for Celtic, Andy. I wonder if this is the one where it changes. Yeah, and I think it might just come down to that experience in these games. I think Abada, he's only 19 year old. I think he's done really well in his Celtic career so far, but he showed, you know, the a common sign of a 19 year old winger where consistency seems to be the problem. I think he started the season really well and just naturally sort of fell away for the the standards that he set himself. But the one thing I've said about James Forrest is I I feel as if the Celtic team severely lacked his presence last year. Uh, no more so in these big games. I think he's done it countless times in you know big old firm games, European games. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him coming. Yeah, Abada did score in the last game, though, didn't he? So uh, yeah. big decision to be made. Ken, thank you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let me run this by you first, though. Cash for kids. Mission Christmas. I'm sure you'll have heard me and my colleagues going on about this in recent days. That's because it is vitally important. Cash for Kids Mission Christmas is back. We know Christmas this year is going to be even more difficult, particularly difficult for a lot of families across Glasgow and the West. To help make a difference, you can help those families by supporting Cash for Kids Mission Christmas. Your fundraising really does make a massive, massive difference to children living in poverty in our area. To hear exactly what kind of impact your generosity makes, Let's hear a bit from Pamela now. Pamela works with Scottish families affected by drugs and alcohol. Being able to get funding um, from Cash for Kids means that we can go on trips and be able to buy food without worrying, you know, is it over our budget? Is it what we're, we're allowed? And it means that you're a lot of the time able to, at the end of the day, give them food to take home as well, what's been sort of left over, which is really good. Now, every single penny that you give us goes straight back out to help those who need it the most here on our doorstep in Glasgow and the West. To find all the details on how you can donate, go to clyde1.com forward slash mission. That's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with J&D Pierce. More of your calls next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Simon Donnelly are here by this time tomorrow We'll be well underway by a Leverkusen against Celtic And building up to Rangers Sparta Prague Giovanni Van Bronckhurst's first game in charge as manager He knows all about European nights at Ibrox as a player uh, But how will it go as a manager uh, Let's go back to the phones And bring in George In Guruk What are you expecting Tomorrow George Can you see wholesale changes Or are, are people Getting ahead of themselves what, what, what sort of impact Do you think the manager Will, will put on things 
Well, Gordon, what I'd said to the producer was, hey, I've got some suggestions for Giovanni, Go and for maybe that'll help him, and maybe the panel would like to comment on it. So I've got a few here, if you can bear with me. Uh, the Goldson fella, his ticket's punched, he's away. I mean, can you imagine John Gregg or McCoy or Butcher at half-time, 3-1 down, saying the game's over? Never going to happen. But even Stephen Gerrard, the captain of a team who were 3-0 down in a European Cup final and managed to win it. I mean, just totally unacceptable for a Rangers player. Anyway, so he's gone. Kent and Kamara, they're waiting for the pony ring from Birmingham. They're away to Aston Villa. You have to accept that. They're going to be here for a few weeks, but they'll do next to nothing. He needs to find a way to play Tavernier and Patterson together. Now, Steve Clark did it with the Scottish team. So I think Giovanni can do it with the Rangers team. I think he should keep Morelos. I think Morelos has suffered from a lot of travelling with all these World Cup qualifiers, blah, blah, blah. I think he should make Davis the captain till the end of the season. And he has to play Haji more because Haji is a winner. He's got that in his, his genes. That's it Right A good list Or an interesting list I think we've well, We've partially covered off The the sort of Tavernier and Patterson In the same team thing So we, we can get back to it But let's do some of the other ones first um, Connor Goldson He's done Says George um, He's a former teammate of Andy So I'll get the outside view From you Simon first What did you think of those comments? Uh, I think I can understand where Where George is coming from And terms of the kind of is it defeatist at half time you know accepting it I don't think that's what your support or anybody wants to hear you know 3-1 the game's over uh, he was quite harsh on his teammates harsh on himself I, I heard a little bit of the, the interview put a hell of a lot of pressure on himself now moving forward but he has been one of the mainstays at Rangers over the, the last season couple of seasons so it's I, I can understand his frustration I think it's another major semi-final It's another defeat And for somebody You know Of his stature on the team To come out and, and say after it You know It was it was gone at half time Even if you think that you'd, I don't think you're doing yourself Any favours saying it Andy uh, You know as a player I, I think I'm very aware of, You know sometimes When, you, when you're when you're asked to do media duties After these disappointing results That Sometimes your emotions can get get the better of you, but knowing Connor Goldson, knowing how vocal he is, knowing how much of a leader he's seen as in, within the dressing room, I'm very, very surprised at his comments. Uh, that being said, I'm not too surprised about the, the lack of hunger. I think I think sometimes that can be a sort of tactic where he's saying that to try and get a reaction at his teammates, try and get a little jag. I think we see that with, with managers making these sort of comments and statements all the time, but ultimately very shocked that the, his comments have been 3-1 down at half-time and the game's effectively over at... I, I don't see that in his demeanour I don't see that in his personality and the way he trains every single day but I think for himself I think he's he's, he's probably in the right frame of mind to come out and actually explain the comments because I've no doubt I don't think he actually meant what he says either his, his emotions got the better and he just got mixed up with his words but it'll be interested to see if he does another interview over the next few days to explain the, the comments Yeah, um, I mean George Giovanni Van Bronckhurst was asked today if he had spoken to Conor Goldson and he said yes and he said it was more important to sort of look forward than look back can you really see him being being left out First of all In a purely footballing sense Rangers are struggling At centre back Because Holander's injured Katic is on loan um, Jack Simpson The jury's still out I don't even think he's in the uh, Europa League squad Because Calvin Bassey Had to play centre back So Can they afford to, to drop Connor Goldson As a result of that Does that not blow up Into a, a bigger issue Than perhaps it has to be 
Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one, but managers are putting these, these jobs and paid very well to make difficult decisions, so they have to go on with it. But certainly from a Rangers point of view, or a Rangers fan's point of view, you know, the comments are totally unacceptable. Andy's already agreed with that. I think most of the Rangers fans have said, that's enough, there's the door, off you go. Now, something the manager did say in his first press conference that he confirmed James Tavernier would continue as the captain. Again, you want to make Stephen Davis the captain. Does that... Well, why? Explain that to us. Well, it's a new broom, isn't it? It's a new manager, it's a new broom. I think Tavernier has struggled with the captaincy sometimes. He's maybe struggled with the boy Patterson, who's obviously an excellent player. Uh, so maybe take that wee bit of pressure off of him and, you know, let, let him just play football. Uh, I think that might be the way ahead for, for more than one of the players in the Celtic, in the, sorry, the Rangers squad. It's interesting that George thinks that takes the pressure off Tavernier, which I I get, but it's also it's a huge thing, isn't it? That's a huge statement. You're the guy that gets stripped of the captaincy in November by a new manager. That that just makes that puts a target on you, does it not? A little bit. I think uh, I think it'd be a big statement. I, th- I think Van Bronckhorst is going to take his time, get his feet under the table, uh, identify because I mean this all came around rather quickly. Yeah. So I wouldn't imagine. Van Bronckhurst has watched a lot of Rangers up until a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You agree? Uh, so I think it's all came around quite quickly, him being appointed. So I think he's going to take his time, he's got his staff in, and he will need to build relationships, work with the, with, with the boys on training, see what he's got, and ultimately how they perform in the games. But I'd be very surprised if the captaincy was stripped so quickly without, you know, working with the guy. Yeah, I mean, I've said it on numerous occasions. I think James Tavernier, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of question marks over the last couple of years whether he's captain material. And I've always said that I think he's not the most vocal captain. He's not the most vocal person, but you know he leads the team in other ways by trying to set examples every single day in training. And to be completely honest, I think Stephen Davis is a very, very similar character. He's not the most vocal. Yeah. He doesn't scream. He doesn't shout if things aren't going his way. He's very composed in how he conducts himself. And again. I think people look up to him just because his professionalism, the way he applies himself every single day. I think that's very similar to James Tavernier. So I don't think... Mm. Um, I think Andy, guys like Steve Davis and Alan McGregor, they are captains, aren't they? Yeah, oh, captains 100%. in that team uh, without I, having yeah, the, the armband. I've said that before. Listen, it's a bit... Uh, I don't even know what it is. What, what, what's, what's the material that's on a captain's armband? But regardless, wearing that on your sleeve doesn't make you... It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mm. make you a captain. Yeah. I think there'll be five, six leaders within that dressing room that will be helping every single day. i just touching on... Um, George said before about you know Golson out, Kamara out, Kent out. We've spent forty five minutes saying how much that's a must win for Rangers. That's three players, three massive key players for Rangers. I just think that makes the team significant, uh, significantly weaker. Whether you think that potentially Ryan Kent and Glenn Kamara could be out the door within the next few months. Uh, George, thank you very much. It was nice to hear from you. Nice to hear your suggestions. I think that does take us up nicely to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Step up to the plate if you're brave enough. Beat the pundit time. Your chance to take on Andy Halliday or Simon Donnelly and win yourself a signed ball. I think Gordon Deal lost last night. Alex Ray lost on Monday. Could be heading for a clean sweep for the listeners here unless Simon or Andy get their finger out. 01419511025 and the lines close at 7. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
Simon Donnelly and Andy Halliday are here Big games tomorrow by Leverkusen Celtic Rangers Sparta Prague Big game tonight by the way Ross County against Hibs That was one of those Covid disrupted games from a few weeks ago So we'll keep an eye on the build up to that one uh, Keep your calls coming in then Giovanni Van Bronker says there will be changes tomorrow What changes would you make Rangers fans? What are you expecting from him early on? In his reign And Celtic fans Can you Can you go there And Cause a shock Get something Away at Bayer Leverkusen Pick up the phone And let us know Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football Speaking of needing a big result We need a big result in here The listeners are running away With this week Alex Ray beaten on Monday Gordon Dale losing on a tiebreaker last night Because he thought Stephen Gerrard's win percentage at Rangers was 40 something Which was a, a fairly horrific answer uh, Let's see what we get tonight with Mark and Bayliss How's it going Mark? Uh, no bad Gordon, yourself? Not bad at all, thank you Have you ever played before? Uh, no, just a regular listener uh, Do you play along at home? I take it one of those I do my best How do you usually fare? Uh, up and down um, I, I like that He's keeping his cards Close to his chest Because he doesn't want Ridiculed if it goes wrong He doesn't want it To build himself up too much I like his style Heads It will be Simon Tails It will be Andy Halliday Lots of tails again This week I'm, oh, I've dropped it this time See the pressure's getting to me Ah it's heads this time Simon Donnelly Against Mark From Bayliston Simon So let's give Simon some Clyde 2 To listen to just so that he doesn't cheat It doesn't strike me as the type He's too nice a guy Mark But anyway we won't take any chances 30 seconds You're head to head with Simon And you can pass That's all you need to know Ready? Okay 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Who's the only team in Rangers Europa League group Who've not won a game yet? Randy Who's played more games for Celtic Scott Sinclair or Mikey Johnson? Scott Sinclair Name any Scotsman To play in the Champions League Group stages this season Uh. Who was the last manager to move to either old firm side directly from another Scottish team? Alex McLeish. Which side finished bottom of last season's Scottish Premiership? Hamilton. Who's the only Motherwell player to ever win the PFA Players Player of the Year? Michael Hagden. Simon, can you hear us? Yes, yep. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts. Now Who's the only team in Rangers Europa League group Who've not won a game yet? Bromby Who's played more games for Celtic Scott Sinclair or Mikey Johnson? Sinclair Name any Scotsman to play in the Champions League group stages this season Andy Robertson Who was the last manager to move to either Old Firm side Directly from another Scottish team? McLeish Who finished bottom of last season's Scottish Premiership? Kilmarnock Okay, okay Mark, what's the verdict? Uh, I think it's pretty tight Not sure I thought you were both very good But Mark got through more questions Mark got through more questions Mark might just have put on one of the performances of the season From the listeners Bronby, you both got it Scott Sinclair, you both knew it Scott McTominay, Andy Robertson or Jack Hendry You both got it Alex McLeish Hibs to Rangers You both got it Four out of four for both of you What a start Who finished bottom of last season's Scottish Premiership? Hamilton Yeah of course Kelly were in the playoffs Terrible answer. Mark got it And Mark even added one more Michael Higdon The last The only Motherwell player to win a PFA Players Player of the Year I don't think we've ever had A High six school. out of six 
For the listeners or It certainly has been ye- Mark honestly Hats off to you What a performance that is Thanks very much Six and six well done, Mark. Andy well Halliday is a winner Of many Beat the Pundits You must have been impressed With Mark's level I was I was But you know I'm, I remember I'm listening to the music The same as, as Simon So I couldn't actually see the answers But no Fair play to him I thought Higdon might have caught him out But he's done brilliant there. Yeah you got them all as well You would have drawn Six all yeah, it was, oh, a good, okay. it was a good standard though uh, Good effort I think I think Mark had it in him to go on and get a 10 We'll never know, Mark The sign ball is on its way to <laughs> Bayliss And well done Thanks very much, Gordon Cheers Good man, tell you what That's it The week is over On a Wednesday night The week is over for the pundits Three out of three for the listeners I don't hold out much hope for DL and Wilson Getting anything back tomorrow either uh, And even if they did It would be too little too late So the week goes to the listeners on the Wednesday Well done to you all Pundits will have to think again for next week 0141 951 1025 I've been thinking about you know a new manager coming in right and what sort of because we we build this up from the outside right we expect Giovanni van Bronckhorst almost to kick the door open on Tuesday morning and say right this is the way it's happening this is exactly what we do you're out you're out you're out you're in clearly it won't be like that do you remember your, the first day of, of various managers and what did he do? What, 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 what's that experience like? So let's start most recently. What What's the first thing Stephen Gerrard does? What's the first impression? Well, the first, I mean, the first thing that I think 99.9% of managers will do, they'll have a team meeting which will, will roughly last you know, significantly longer than, than the average. Uh, they'll talk about how he wants their team to play. They'll talk about how they <coughs> expect their players to conduct and, and what they see them fitting into that system. They'll sort of talk about how training's going to go. But I think one thing that I'll say about Giovanni Van Bronckhorst that Listen, I think every defeat at the Old Firm feels like a crisis, no more so than when you go out mm. to a, in a domestic cup semi-final, but he's still taking Rangers in a good place. I mean, he's still got the majority of the squad that went unbeaten last year. Yep, they've not been at their best this year, but they're still four points at the top of the table, so there's not you know, a huge area to to, uh, to worry about there. But you'll certainly see a lot of signs that he can come in and try and improve on what's been a sort of poor recent performances recently. So what was the Steven Gerrard first impression? What was the first thing he did, the first thing he took away? Well, I think first and foremost, I mean, because of who he was, he's just got that, that automatic aura. He's just got, he just commands respect as soon as he walks into the door because of how how big his profile was as a player. And uh, one thing I thought that was apparent was his first meeting was he was very, very clear and very firm on how he expects you to conduct yourself, how he wants his team to play. And if you're ever... You know, question within the team, it's because you're not doing what's asked of you. So I think that was very, very mm. important that any information they were going to share with their staff, if you just did, took it on board and tried your best, I don't think you were ever going to go wrong. Okay, that's the positive side of things. What's the What was the first impression of, say, Pedro Cachinha? What's the first thing you... <laughs> or, or it doesn't need to be the very first minute, but um, the, 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 the sort of early memory that, that jumps out at you. <laughs> Again, listen. It's not to it's not to diminish the guy. I think he's went and uh, I think he's he was managing in Mexico and was doing really well. But I think the first thing that sort of jumped out to me was uh, I just don't think he's going to understand this league. I don't think he's understanding that. You no, know, it's different here. You're expected to win every game. You know, I think I've told the story. You, you, if you've got Motherwell at the weekend, you'd analyse Motherwell against Hearts and you'll see how front foot they were. They try and pass it to the back. Pretty different when teams come to Ibrox and Parkhead. I don't think they quite set up that way. So that was something that jumped out to me. But uh, very far on how he wanted his team to shape up, certainly defensively, uh, tried to be very, very organised. So I think he was he was very off the ball first. And to be honest, I think Stephen Gerrard and Michael Beale had quite a lot of that in them as well. Uh, I think first and foremost, he wanted to keep mm. clean sheets and, and with quality you've got in the squad, expect you to go and score goals. Simon, any managers over your time that the first time you met them left a, a lasting impression, either positively or, or negatively? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, 
<clears throat> just what Andy's saying there are Obviously meetings Hearing what they've got to say I think players are very Selfish In terms of How do I fit in next I think that's where Players look at First mm. and foremost How do I fit in Am I going to be in his plans So you're obviously keen to To see how Or what he has to say How he goes about his business In terms of training Tweaking training If it's enjoyable for you But ultimately you want to be involved So yeah, I've experienced both. I'm not going to name the negative on okay. radio, but there was one that just from what he what he said and how he went about his training, I kind of realised that I didn't have a future there. For, for and that's me, straight that, away, pretty straight much. Straight away, aye. Wow. aye. It was. Uh, so I am not going to name the name. I think it'd be a bit unfair. But yeah, you can have a positive or a negative on players. I think the thing with Gio, he knows what Rangers are about. Not like like, like a Kishinia coming in. Gio van Bronckhurst knows what it's all about to play at Rangers and try to be better than Celtic so I think he's got that advantage I think his nature I think being Dutch and I think it'd be quite calm and he's also got a, a reputable name in European mm-hmm. football you know he's played Barcelona Arsenal uh, Feyenoord he's managed Feyenoord so you know he's, he's a big name in European football so I think all that works in his favour So you've never had it Andy where he thought day one I'm never this guy's not going to have me it's not going to work um, you'll no, name him no. Simon's too no, polite no. But you'll name <laughs> no, him I, I don't think I, I have to be honest um, I think I can, I'm probably I'm not really a master of any trade So I think I can fit into quite a few <laughs> systems Whereas I think Simon's was, was, was certainly more of a flair player than me So I think a lot of managers certainly have their types we'll, we'll keep him around he'll, 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 We'll fit him in somewhere Aye, To return for plug, us if we need I him I think the plug That was my nickname <laughs> for a while uh, Let's bring in Lewis Who's a Rangers fan in Port Glasgow What are you thinking Lewis? Are you expecting big changes tomorrow? Uh, hello, panel. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm expecting a lot of big changes tomorrow. So, um, um, I think first change, I think we'll change the goalkeeper. Wow. So I do. I think we'll change it to Robbie McCrory. So I do. I think um, he's in the bit. He, in the game we played against Celtic, has been our best performance with a goalkeeper this season. I think he comes out quickly, gets the ball. I think he can catch it from corners. He comes out. I know McGregor has never been able to do that, but. I think he's a good shot stopper as well So I do McCrory um, I also think that Bassey should get put in um, I think that uh, Patterson should get put in And I think um, Bakuna and Lumstrong Should get put in the team as well Interesting, I mean McCrory's not played since that Celtic game though Has he Lewis? Uh, no, but I thought I felt very comfortable with him in goal mm. I think he's a good goalkeeper I think Al McGregor's just lost a wee bit now to perform so he's played like as well and with Gerard when they chopped and changed the goalkeepers with him and McLaughlin you know as well that kind of affects the confidence but so would McLaughlin not understandably be the next in line to go and and, and play if, if you thought a goalkeeping change was going to take place in the next few weeks would it not be McLaughlin that goes in well you'd think so but I just feel like Robbie McCrory just I think the performance he played against Celtic was fantastic really I think he's just I feel a lot more safer with him in goal at the moment I just think he comes out quickly which I've noticed McGregor hasn't been doing as well and McLaughlin I think he comes out really quick so I do closes down so he does and comes out for corners well he may well do we'd be basing all of that on, on pretty much one game Andy and look we, 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 we mention this often so we know Alan McGregor's a, a friend of yours um Putting that to one side Would you expect a change to be made In the goalkeeping department? Uh, no uh, Listen Lewis 
And I mean, honestly, I mean this with all, with all due respect, because I said it earlier on the show, everyone's got the right to their opinion, but there's just no chance that's going to happen and it shouldn't. Um, I think it's well documented and I think it's right to suggest that Rangers' defence will be an extremely poor. Uh, you know, Alan McGregor, for one, I think that, I think I've I seen a start the last 16 shots on target, the Rangers have conceded 12 main goals, so I don't think it looks good. I think within them, you can only really question them for the Hearts one. I think at the weekend, I don't think there's really anything they can do with any of the three goals. But I think throughout the career he's had, and to be honest, the form he's had over the last two and a half years he's been back at the club, I think merits him certainly to be stuck with. I know he's been struggling with an injury this year. It's been well documented. He had the, the problems with his wrist. I think he's missed a, a number of training sessions. He's been sort of in and out. So he's him again, certainly with a goalkeeper, if you miss training sessions, it's very difficult to get back up to, to match sharpness. Um, so I think that he's done more than enough to merit staying in the team. I think one thing that it, I think... Is a, it's a credit to be honest to the likes of Alan McGregor's even though he's not made any mistakes he's that good that when he makes unbelievable saves you just ex- you expect him to make unbelievable saves all the time so if he concedes a goal it's like how's he not saving that even if it's in the top mm. corner or it's in the bottom corner he's not really got any uh, any a chance and I think that's a credit to how good a goalkeeper he is I mean Lewis do you feel there has been a a drop off <clears throat> in Alan McGregor's level this season? Uh, yeah I do but I think that's a lot of players it's not just Alan McGregor so it's not but I'm, I'm not saying that Robbie McCrory is going to be in the team for the for the rest of the season. I'm just saying I just feel like McGregor needs dropped for a couple of games. Maybe not against um, Sparta Prague as, as a big game for us. But I just feel that the performance I've seen from him against Celtic, I thought he was brilliant. So I do. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was the best goalkeeper performance all season. So I do. Simon, it's going to be interesting because there are, I think probably every Rangers fan wants to see something freshened up. Would like to see... And you always hear about managers putting their own stamp on things. But I'm thinking about the the shockwaves, if you like. And maybe this stuff doesn't matter. Um, but on the phones tonight, we've had, you know, drop the captain and then even strip him of the captaincy. You know, if a drop Alan McGregor for a guy who's who's played once this season. These may well happen. I, I don't know. But not only are you taking that decision tomorrow, that sends out a heck of a statement if you go down those types of routes, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think, again, like Andy, with respect uh, to Lewis's opinion, I think, and other opinions tonight, I think quite drastic, you know, and I think maybe just on the back of the disappointment of the game at the weekend, I think changes tomorrow, I think Andy says that Van Bronckhorst tends to play a, a similar shape to, to Rangers. Yeah. So... Is the change going to be shape? Is it going to be personnel? I think it'll be a wee bit of both, but I think... I think change will only be one or two. I'm looking at the guys that were on the bench there, maybe the likes of Hadji coming in. I think he'll only tweak it with one or two if there's if there is changes, which is expressed, but as I say, he's mm. not stated if it's personnel or shape. So I think the, the other opinions that have been from the callers tonight are a wee bit drastic, and I think it's, it is, it's just a disappointment, a frustration of maybe what happened at the weekend. But it's a, it's a big game, and it's, it's a great game, actually, to gun as your first game in charge. You win that game, you're looking strong to get into the next round, the knockout stages of the Europa League, and you're off to a flyer as manager of the Rangers. See, that's a glass half full guy. That's the, he's the, he's an optimist, Simon Donnelly, because the, there is another scenario here where it doesn't go to plan, and Rangers have a very potentially difficult run of fixtures coming up, an important run of fixtures as well. Yeah, it's definitely a difficult period for the team. I think going into that, they've actually got Hibs at Easter Road for. 
uh, what's coming up especially after that game on Sunday but I do agree I do think it's a good time to take the job it's an exciting period and if if you're at these if you want to beat big football clubs and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst with the career he's had at Barcelona and obviously Rangers Arsenal these are the type of games he wants to play in these are the competitions he wants to play in so I think he's going to relish the, the opportunity but that being says you know it's obviously a it's a bit of a cauldron and a fire the run he's going into but I think he said it himself when he took over he feels if he's taking the squad in a good place that being said that confidence was before mm. the game on Sunday I mean yeah we're talking about expecting changes will they be as drastic as some people want on the phones might it even be something like the start of a run for Ryan Jack for instance potentially uh, said that a number of times I think he's one that's that's always been trusted in the big games I don't think he he rarely lets anyone down Um whether changes will be made I always, I've said it all the time I thought with Stephen Gerrard was in charge when the European games the old firm games came I always felt there was nine guaranteed I think we're, we're talking about mm. a manager coming in clean slate will it be the same I think it probably will be for the initial uh, the initial first couple of games and then when he gets his sort of foot in the door he starts to make his own opinion mm. of players and, and what he sees bringing them to the team especially with the way he wants to play there might be changes but I think the you know the bulk majority of the, the, the players that have played in these games will play tomorrow night you still feel you feeling optimistic about it all, Lewis. Sunday was obviously so disappointing, and that's rumbled on for a couple of days. You get the first look at the new manager tomorrow. You you feeling that things are about to improve? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. I think I think players will step up now and realise that they've not. I feel like our players recently have just basically known they're going to be in the team, and we've got a team that sort of shows up thinking, but we're going to win. I mean, it, to be honest with you, against Hibs on Sunday. <laughs> Not really a surprise to some people, really, with the way we've been playing. You know, it's been coming. We've not played very well this season at all. I mean, at the back as well, with Tavernier and Golson, I mean, they're terrible, like I saw there. Honestly, I'd draw, I wouldn't play, I wouldn't, Golson wouldn't kick a ball for me again this season. I'd play Bassett ahead of him, I'd play Bassett at centre-back, and I would get rid of Tavernier at our team for Patterson. The axe man I'm going to call you Lewis You're getting rid of everybody Lewis in Port Glasgow 0141951025 We'll speak to Paul We'll get a full time teaser Next as well Taking your calls On Scottish football 0141951025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly And Andy Halliday Are about to speak to Paul On the line You can join Paul On 0141 951 1025 You can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB uh, We will turn our attentions as well To Ross County against Hibs uh, See what type of performance Hibs can put on Following their impressive victory Against Rangers at the weekend So keep your calls And your tweets coming in Right, More answers than I would usually do uh, On this one But let's just try and We'll rattle through them We won't spend too long on it uh, The Crazy Pony wants to know Giovanni Van Bronckhurst Joined Rangers as manager Last week he became the 14th manager that's won a major European trophy at club level and then become a manager in the Scottish Premiership. Can you name the other 13? So I'll read that again for you. So when Giovanni Van Bronckers joined Rangers as manager last week, he became the 14th manager that has won a major European trophy at club level to become a manager in the Scottish top flight uh, since Van Bronckers left in 2001. Sorry, so... Can you name the other 13? Uh, first one that jumps out was Dick Advocate. Um, no. Nope. Surprised at that. As a player, did he win a major European oh, trophy? Oh, sorry. Player? Apologies, yeah, yeah. apologies, apologies. Right. So he won a, pa- a major. Paul Lambert. Yes, Paul Lambert. Major European trophy as a player and then managed in Scotland. Pretty much. Since 14, th- aye? Uh, since to, uh, 13. 
Since yeah. 2001 They have to have managed Since 2001 Wow Oh come on There are, there are obvious ones As in like Someone who maybe left A big job recently Did they have to So they don't have to manage in Scotland Not anymore But they've had to manage in Scotland They've since managed in Scotland since 2001 And they've won a major European trophy Basically Right I'm having a shocker then Yes definitely <laughs> I've understood the question But I've still got <laughs> Paul Lambert What did he win? European Champions Cup guy. Right. Any other managers That have been up here recently That won the Champions League? As a player Gerard Alright oh, okay We got there I was worried for you there uh, He won the, the He won the AFA Cup And the Super Cup as well So um, I'll tell you what I'm going to take one out right Because one's down here Is only a Super Cup Would we count that As a major European trophy? Mm, just oh. To make life easier for you Right I'm going to take one out So That's one less Paul Lambert Stephen Gerrard Any other managers That have managed in Scotland's Top flight since 2001 and won a major European trophy as a player Alex McLeish Alex McLeish Well Pop, done He pops up in every quiz Cup winner's cup didn't he 82-83 uh, Stratton in the same side Yes he was So there we go You're flying now We'll get the rest of them soon Let's bring in Paul How are you feeling ahead of Tomorrow Paul It's the usual noises From Ange Postacoglu No point in sitting back And defending Doesn't Buy into that sort of stuff Can Celtic do something tomorrow Hey how you going uh, Yeah I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to the game uh, the thing that I'm finding quite pleasing is against better teams we seem to be having good patches of play uh, as opposed to I mean we're not the finished article don't get me wrong but the the best game the way we started and the way we ended I find was kind of really positive again it, it was highlighted how we take a beating for our dodgy defence that I didn't hear them giving Betis a beating for their dodgy defence. Uh, I think we could. I think we could do something. I think the the Leverkusen game at Celtic Park, I didn't really think it was a 4-0 four, four game. When you consider that we missed a good few amount of chances, so we're creating chances. And the more that we get used to the system, I feel that we'll get better. But I agree. I don't think... I think that you need to take the game. If you want to get this system to work, and you want to get progressively better in Europe. I think you, you need to take it to the, you need to take it to the teams, and they are good teams. But it's not like you're uh, Bayern Munich and your PSGs of the world. So I think it I think it's it's, it's doable. Uh, but we're still learning. We're still learning the system. But I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, Simon. The- it's been a strange because we obviously understand, or, or, or people are quick to point out that ah oh, well, you know it's all about results. You, know, you lost against Betis, who cares? So shrug the shoulders. But if you're Ange Postecoglou, there were parts of that performance away from home against a decent La Liga side that were very, very good. And is that understandable that he would want to then fine tune those and try and make them better, and then and tweak things, you know, rather than abandoning abandoning that altogether? Yeah, because it's still early days. For, for uh, Ange Postecoglou and his, his Celtic journey, but there's there's good signs, you know, free flowing attacking football. Uh, as I say, they've scored eight goals in Europe, you know, and the Betis game in particular, they could have been three 0 up, you know, and it's all ifs, buts, and maybes. But Yota's through it could have been three 0 mm-hmm. It's a crazy game, and I said early on the season there will not be a dull moment watching Celtic this season because of his approach, and I like it. It's brave. It's bold. I think it's 
what the way football should be played. Uh, yeah, you're going to take like a four 0 in the in the first game against Leverkusen, but as Paul quite rightly said there himself in that game, the first twenty twenty five, I'm sitting there. It was end to end. Kyogo's mm. through a couple of times. I think this is this is proper football, attacking football, and then the individual errors creep in. That's where they have to concentrate and defend properly. As I said earlier on, they will defend for large periods of the game tomorrow night, not by because Leverkusen are a good team, but I think they've got stuff to go the other way. I think they can they can catch them. They've got pace there, and they're getting better, uh, more experienced. I think they're in a better place than they were for the first game. So yeah, I go into it, you know, not super confident, but I don't go into it with fear. You know, I, I like the way he's approaching it. I like the way Celtic are, are moving forward, and it'll be interesting to see. You know what kind of result they get Maybe I'll do a bit of travelling You know like you footballers do And you visit other clubs And other managers Maybe I'm going to go And listen to other Radio stations And, and get a feel for how fans react Because for instance right So Leverkusen beat Real Betis 4-0 Th- Would Real Betis fans be saying This is terrible We, we, we should we should have changed our style We should we should be sitting back Or The teams on the continent Just play their way and it, and it either works or it doesn't Very similar Gordon I don't, I don't claim to listen to the local news station you told me you were learning Spanish you should you should get on that I can hardly speak English (laughs) never mind Spanish but um, listen you know my opinion uh, and how I feel that you know going into these games you might need to tweak your system or whatnot. but like I said I do think it's very admirable and I do agree with Ange Postacoglu if you want to play that certain style there's no better way to test it than these games and again it's going to be another massive test for Celtic tomorrow night I do think they're in a better place going into the game than they were in the the return fixture at home you know, that being said about ch- sort of changing our style I do think we in my opinion I must win tomorrow night when you've got the likes of Kyogo and Jota in the form that they're in just now you don't want to try and nullify the threats that they've got and I think with they two on the form they're in going into any game against any team I think they're going to pose a threat without, without the game mm. I mean Paul the the, the the game at home was a, a lesson though in, in what can happen when the, the big moments don't go your way and obviously there were four goals conceded um, against by Leverkusen the goals conceded column in Europe has has racked up even when Celtic have, have sort of won games is, is there nothing even small simple changes you think that can be made that might keep that back door uh, shut well I think there is I, I think Gordon I think you can see that uh, that Ange philosophy is total football but he is changing it he, he has changed it with every game uh, and I do think you know, he'll continue to change it. I had an interview with him uh, the other day saying he continues to change it every game to try to give him the best possible opportunity at winning. And, and I, I, I believe that. I think he's learning as well. Uh, I, I think that the really encouraging thing for me with the Betis game was if that went on any longer, I think Celtic were going to draw at it. But again... As Simon said, as soon as Jota missed that chance to make it three, you think, oh, we're going to regret that. And we did regret it. Uh, but, no, I think I think he's learning the job as well. Uh, he's learning about the... That's the first time he's took a team into this, the, the, kind of, the, the big European state. I know it's not the Champions League, but uh, the, the kind of top European stage. So I think he will change it and I think he'll tweak it, but... It all depends how the game goes, I suppose. Yeah, going to be interesting. Thank you to Paul. Let's bring in John Paul, who's also a Celtic fan. What are you thinking tomorrow, John Paul? What about the team? Would you would you bring James Forrest in? Evening, Gordon, Andy, Simon. Uh, 
just before my point, by the time I've to tell him, I was asking you, uh, asking for you. He says, in Doha now, Gary Gregg, I have to tell you, he's asking for you. All right, how you doing? Uh, I'm not bad, not bad. Um, I, Gordon, I would, I would bring in um, Jim Forrest tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I really, uh, watching Jim Forrest through the years, he's going to Celtic Park and, and um, watch him. You know, every time that there's been a wee bit of competition, you know, not just that, but, but when there has been competition, i.e. Scott Sinclair or um, Patrick Lawler, Jim Forrest has stepped up um, and, and every time he's, he's going to any pitch his chance, you know, he scored in big games, he scored in cup final, he scored against against Rangers. Um, I think uh, tomorrow he'll be itching to go on and start the game and, and show us that, that what he really means, you know, I'm sure he's shown him in training, but tomorrow is a big occasion. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to it tomorrow. Yeah, I'm under the illusion that we're playing a top, top Bundesliga side to, to like to go forward, you know, I, I want to the Bundesliga highlights and I like also the side of the play that they play, but I think tomorrow suits the base teams, you know, I think they'll have a goal each other, they'll be goal in the game and you always seem to think that now when Celtic play, they can, they can create um, chances, they will create lots of chances, you know, and, and the, the flip side of that when we played them the first time, you know, I, I know we had loads of chances, the guys were talking about it, we, mm-hmm. we had um, obviously Turnbull and Robert's playing the same time, I actually think beat on the way he's came in as well, like Jamie's chance, the way he can calm the game down a bit tomorrow when he's there, you know, he was very good at the weekend to get the ball, keep the ball under pressure, no forcing things, playing out for the back, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow, and I think Celtic have got a chance to go in there and score a few goals, albeit we need to be concentrated for the 90 minutes and try and nullify their amount of chances. Yeah. You kind of forget, Simon, because so much has happened this season already, but James Forrest early on, I think he scored uh, away and at home against Jablonets when Celtic were trying uh, to qualify. He then started the home game against Alkmaar, which Celtic won 2-0, and that was actually his last start, so he's not started since then, just a cut, that was um, mid-August, so three months ago now, uh, a couple of sub-appearances, one before the break, um, a couple, sorry, Livy and Ferenc Faros, it would have been, wouldn't it, uh, Dundee, and then that St Johnston won a significant one at the weekend, so he's, he's, he's had a good number of sub-appearances under his belt, and an international break, I'm sure, to really get back up to speed, is it maybe time to see him? I think so. I think so. I think uh, Celtic hugely missed James Forrest, particularly last season. I think the the new additions to the team this season moving forward have come in and did really well. But he's a big-time player, big game player. Pops up with a goal at the weekend again, an important one to take Celtic to the final. And I think moving into this next uh, string of fixtures, going into December, the games are coming Mm. thick and fast. I think he needs more game time. And I think... I like Abada. I think he's got pace. Nineteen-year-old. He's got a lot of promise, and he'll, he'll play a, a major part this season. But I think tomorrow hmm. he might go with James for the start. What do you make of John Paul's point, Andy, about the long, long list of wingers that Celtic have had, and James Forrest has seen off them all pretty much? I, I need you to actually check if this is a true stat that no Celtic player in the last, I think it was thirty years, has had more goals and assist returns than James Forrest, other than Henrik Larsson. I don't know how I'm going to check that for you it. on the spot, right? Okay. Listen, wait, wait, so goals we, and assists combined. Yeah, we spoke about yeah, it at could, length could right. uh, throughout numerous shows last year that we always felt that as if Celtic missed his presence. Because one thing I've always felt with James Forrest is when he's not on his game, he's always got numbers in him. So he might not be playing the best out of 90 minutes, but he comes up with a, a, a late goal, a, a, a winner out of nowhere, and you've seen him do it in European level as well. You know, that Lazio game jumps out and, and qualifiers at Parkhead. I think he's done it time and time again. and 
I think it's always it's always important. I think with wingers when when you talk about you know ninety percent of wingers these days are inconsistent. Yeah, if, and if they're not, they're at the, the top European clubs in the world. But when they're not, they've got that they've got that moment of magic in them that can turn the tide of a game. And I think James Forrest has done that time and time again for Celtic. So I, I I'm with Paul. I, I think he will come into the side tomorrow night and. I won't be surprised if there's a difference maker that could come from him. Okay, thank you, John Paul. Nice to speak to you. 01419511025. What about the big game tonight? Ross County uh, taking on Hibs. All eyes on Hibs after that game against Rangers at the weekend. Uh, they're now um, embroiled in a, a ticket allocation debate as we seem to have every year. Um, Jack Ross baffled that they're not getting as many tickets as they want for the League Cup final, but they play tonight and at a glance, it looks like one change, maybe not many. Um, Darren McGregor comes in, no Ryan Porteous. And other than that, I think everyone else started at the weekend. So that would be just the one change, the kind of usual McGinn, McGregor, Hanlon, Doig. Uh, Boyle's in there, Doyle Hayes, Newell, Cadden, Campbell uh, and Nisbet. So I think that is one change for them. Is this the type of fixture that either brings you crashing right back down to earth or... Jack Ross finds out that actually that that was the spark we needed at the weekend and we're going to kick on and show that we're a very good team I think when you play that well in a big game and, and you come out with a massive result you know the ma- a manager always sees that as your benchmark for the rest of the season that you need to try and live up to and you know you're looking at the game tonight I think it's two teams that are in desperate need of a win I think Hibs you know they've slipped down to seventh from the table obviously with the lack of games they've been they've been playing uh, to the the issues that they've had so with the three games that they've got in hand I'm sure they'll want to try and rack up as many points they can as quick as possible but Ross County obviously it's a lonely place at the bottom of the league and you know wins have been hard to come by I think they've only had one is that right one win for yeah, the first Dundee 12 game. games of the season so you know, they'll be they'll be itching to get ever closer to Dundee uh, that drop at the bottom of the table yeah I don't like it when it gets to this stage Simon whether it's Covid or weather or whatever and Hibs have now played three games fewer than the team above them and the team below them so it's ha- it's hard to get a gauge really on you know on, on where they're at and they've got that brutal fixture uh, pile up coming between now and that cup final Yeah I heard uh, Jack Ross talking about that after the, the, the win at the weekend uh, they were on a poor run Hibs but I mean obviously they have to take heart from their performance at the weekend I mean first half in particular superb and when you've got attacking quality like the likes of Boyle, you know, you would like to think they could move on. Ross County, we're looking at the table there, they're four points behind uh, Dundee. They get a great result and two games ago, obviously went to Ibrox and if they're being honest, wouldn't expect to get too much at Ibrox. So they've got one win in their last two. Uh, so it'll be an interesting game, difficult up at Dingwall tonight, but I really think for Hibs' point of, point of view, they've got the games in hand... After a reasonable start to the season They want to get back on track And build on their Their win at the weekend Right let's see how we're getting on With this teaser We're looking for I cut it to 12 didn't I? 12 managers who've managed In Scotland's top flight Since 2001 And have won a major European trophy as a player Martin O'Neill Martin O'Neill yes You've already got Strachan, McLeish Do you know something? Gerard watched, and Lambert I watched that the other day Yesterday Nottingham Forest Nottingham Forest thing yeah. I, I should have got, got that one Should have got that um, Josh Bully No oh. Excuse me I beg to differ. Oh, maybe 2001. 2001 is that the issue? Mm, don't think so. I'm sure he won it with uh, UEFA Cup with Ipswich. Yeah. Who else was in that team? Terry Butcher. Yes. Oh, that's not what I was going to say. Terry Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Butcher. I was going to say Tony Mowbray just because I knew he was at Ipswich. No. no, Terry Butcher. Right, we'll get you some thinking time. We'll get the rest next. 
Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Simon Donnelly are here. The guys are trying to guess. It's quite a long list, I must admit, of managers who have managed in the Scottish top flight since 2001 and have won a major European trophy. Uh, as a player uh, You've got Martin O'Neill Terry Butcher Alex McLeish Gordon Strachan Paul Lambert Stephen Gerrard After a sh- very short Stewards inquiry I think you're right I think George Burley Should be on it Andy Halliday Really? So we'll, we'll add him Crazy uh, Pony got back add him, add him to the list <laughs> So another one Two oh. Three Four Five Six to get I think I've got one more Go for it Thanks Wazzy uh, Yes Marseille Champions League uh, Early 90s Hibs legend He's on there He'd close Mm. Oh, I'll tell you what, I think I've got another one for the Aberdeen side that you mentioned. But a past Gordon's team, he was a manager. Yeah, Mark McGee. Yes. Oh, great shout. Well done. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, I'll keep you up to speed on anything that happens inside the opening moments between uh, Ross County and Hibbs up there in Dingwall, 7 45 kickoff. Uh, nothing doing yet on that front. Let's bring in John. Uh, who is on the line What are you thinking Ahead of tomorrow John Hi Andy Simon and Gordon How are you doing guys Good Hope Good No As I said to the producer there I think tomorrow I'll, I'll be a gauge Where we've came so far Under Ange this season Because I think that's will be a Sternless test tomorrow Although as has been Said earlier on I mean The first game we played them uh, We could have been Three or four up Then obviously We missed the chances And then obviously They're a very good team I mean in the Bundesliga But I think tomorrow As Simon even says I think we've got a chance Tomorrow as well So as I just I think that'll gauge Where we've actually came under And I just wonder What you were thinking guys Well it's certainly going to be His, his biggest test According To the manager um, I mean Simon see even if it is a if it doesn't go to plan Celtic make a A good go of it Drop into that conference league I know that's not where you want to be um, But it does change things a bit Doesn't it? it gives you that cushion Of European football after Christmas And I don't know Did many people expect Celtic To get out of a group With Leverkusen and Betis At this stage In Ange Postacoglu's rebuild? Not after the first two games yeah. Obviously There's no points on, on the board uh, They've recovered well Their performances have been decent as I said, they're an attacking threat going forward. They just need to to keep working on the, on the back door uh, in Europe. Obviously, I think uh, as John says, there that first game shows that you can get at them. I think just the approach. I think opponents will know that Celtic can bloody their nose, so to speak, rather than sitting in for ninety minutes and trying to you know, shore it up and, and look for a nil-nil. I don't think that's Celtic's remit. I don't think that's Ange Postacoglu's remit. I think he wants to go out and be bold and move forward with an attacking football team. He has got the insurance of the Europa Conference. Celtic will take that if they have to take it, but I think he'll go out and have a go tomorrow and see what they can what they can get from that result. And then they're relying on other results with a, a Betis home tie to, to finish the league. I mean, I, I don't know... If- being away from home Andy if, if, Does that really change things Actually For Celtic I mean specifically Given that they don't tend to alter You know what they do anyway Does it yeah. d- Does it make it tougher Going there Or is it how, how similar will the game Be to the one at Celtic Park I'd imagine it will be A, a tougher ask Because one thing I'll say When you Obviously I'm European night At Parkhead The, 
fans are with 50, you. 50, 60,000 crowd that's going to be behind you are certainly going to help you try and get any, any taper result. But one thing that stood out for me with Ange Porsicoglu's press conference where he says that the way that they're, they're trying to play, the, the best lessons they're going to learn is these games. So I don't know if it, he's going to take any lessons mm. from the, the game against Leverkusen. Now look at it and see the chances Celtic had. Is there any repeated pattern of how that they can go out and, and hurt Leverkusen to, to create more chances? Is there anything that they learnt defensively that they can try and shut up shop and and try and nullify any of the, the threats they've got? One thing I will say, I think it was the boy Florian Wurtz that played in a number 10 for Leverkusen. I don't think there's many better 18-year-olds out there in European football. So what can they do to try and negate his, uh, his strengths? But I've said it all show that I do think it's a, Celt- a game that Celtic have to win. So I think you'll look at his key players like Sakiogo and Jota, what they can do to try and hurt Leverkusen. I think you know you look at the two, they're certainly Celtic's best chance of a result tomorrow night. Yeah, he is quite something, isn't he? For him, works. What is he? Still eighteen. In fact, he's not, not nineteen till May. Um, he was he was incredible at Parkhead. He really was. Yeah, I mean he's he's a regular. I think he's a regular now. He's played four times for Germany this season already. Uh, Simon, he's got seven goals uh, for Leverkusen this season. It's not like he's an out and out attacker or anything. Um, he is a superstar in the making, pretty much. Yeah, and listen, what are they sitting fourth? Yeah, fourth in the Bundesliga. Strong, strong league. Uh, yeah, I think their form of late, just going by their results, I haven't seen much of their their games, but going by the results hasn't been the best. I think they've lost a couple in the last two or three games, so it doesn't really diminish from the the challenge. I think Celtic really need to be at the top of their game. I think. They'll know that, the manager will know that And you have to be optimistic It's a difficult game but We've seen this season Out with, they never, they never scored against Leverkusen we can, We've seen that Celtic can go yep. away from home and get goals I didn't realise it was so late John, thank you for your call We will leave it there That was John on 01419511025 uh, Last word on the Rangers-Sparta-Prague game For tomorrow then Andy Any any big surprises? Let me just run through quickly then Your predictions Alan McGregor plays and go Yep James Tavernier continues at right back Cert. And where's the captain's armband Cert. Connor Goldson stay in the team Cert. Does Alfredo Morelos play Cert. Really? Yep. Okay Very confident of them all Oh it's an absolute cert I think I've run out Ryan Kent he play Cert. Alright okay So no changes at all then There may be a couple um, Off of the weekend Does Joe Rebo drop back into midfield Maybe Does Scott Arfield play Maybe Maybe not does Bassey come in? Maybe, maybe not. There's a couple of question marks, but I think the yeah, main ones have there. been there all play. Okay. Uh, nothing yet in Dingwall. Let's finish off this teaser. I'm looking for <clears> one, two, three, four more managers who've managed four. in Scotland's top flight since 2001 and won a major European trophy as a player. Uh, you're not quite done with that, McLeish, McGee, oh. etc. Strachan. Oh, my goodness. We should get that. Totally. Yeah. He, he was at Motherwell as well Also this guy oh. He's worked at loads of clubs Down south as well As like number two and Eric Black Eric Black Yes oh, I've worked with him as well um, Do you remember which London side Won the Cup Winners Cup In 97-98 Fulham No No I don't It's going back too far Do you remember who the Scotland manager is Steve yeah, Clark Stevie Clark, Stevie Clark. He, he was really? part of that Yeah, yeah. Um, Never a What about former Rangers managers Who are from the continent Not had many Any European Do- Rangers managers Le Guin Paul Le Guin Yep oh, Cup winner shout. Cup 95 yeah, yeah, 96 yeah, yeah. with PSG yep. And the last one UEFA Cup winner With UV 89-90 What sort of UV player Would have come over here And managed oh, Dundee it's got to No be. 
You've forgotten all about this guy Poor Angelo Alessio Oh yeah Yeah Good stuff Good stuff Thank you Andy Halliday And Simon Donnelly Massive games tomorrow With Mark Wilson And Gordon Diel Callum Gallagher Is up next